Alice Onlin and Herbert Konings are founding partners of Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Another Tuesday and another episode of the Security Token Show. Coming to you from Miami, we're your hosts. I'm Herwig Konings, and with me, of course, is Kyle Sondland. And we've got an insane amount of last week's industry news, coverage for you on the latest and greatest in the STOs and secondary market activity. And then we'll be diving into our main topic today, which is explaining how the decentralized exchange protocol Uniswap powers its liquidity pools. Hello, listeners, and welcome to those of you tuning into the show for the first time. If you are, you should know this is not an interview podcast. Instead, Herwig and I are going to break down the industry news, but we always like to go first by looking at our Company of the Week awards, giving that to two separate companies making the biggest moves in the space last week. So without further ado, who do you have for this week, Herwig? Well, Kyle, my company of the week is a Chinese venture firm that you know very well, given your interview with their managing partner, Zhema Xu. Ah, you're talking about Redblock. Of course I am. And you can know that I'm picking them this week for the recent announcement that you made, where Redblock Capital, by the way, as an active venture firm in this space, also syndicates content across dozens of Chinese media outlets. And thanks to your recent partnership, with them, they'll be translating the research and reports that come from Security Token Advisors and Security Token Markets Desk, which I think is absolutely awesome. So I know Keith on the advisory team is learning Chinese, but he's hardly got the time to translate it. And all the wonderful team at Redblock is not only going to be translating it, but through their partnership with Block Global, it'll be reaching outlets across the country to promote asset tokenization. So this is one of the biggest value propositions of security tokens is to promote building international access to finance. And since Redblock is helping spear that charge with this and everything else that they're doing, they absolutely earn my company of the week, Kyle. I think that's a great one. I've had a pleasure of working with Gemma and Michael and many of the other people from their team. And they're super active. They're very responsive. They're great people and hardworking. So it's pretty cool. And all of our articles will now be reaching a new audience that, that we love. We want to embrace because security tokens are a global measure here. This is The whole world needs to be included. And so it's, it's only fantastic to be able to include Southeast Asia. I love it. Now, who do you have for us, Kyle? All right. So for episode 64, my company of the week is Aspen Digital, which is a subsidiary of Elevated Returns and the issuer behind the St. Regis Aspen tokenized real estate offering. And so the firm has been on a roll in 2020, leading it off by becoming the first outside issuer to list and now trade on T0. Following their listing, Aspen Digital has taken a lead in the industry with the firm's level of transparency through its investor relations strategy, first announcing a reward program inside of the St. Regis Hotel specifically for shareholders of the resort, and now they've published the firm's August performance update, detailing qualitative and quantitative details integral to the hotel's performance, and they even included a simple income statement detailing the firm's revenues, profits, and EBITDA. 
We'll dive into a lot, a lot later in the show in terms of the specifics there, but for focusing on transparency and developing the industry standard around disclosures is a fantastic reason to award Aspen Digital my company of the week. So congratulations to them. It is important to note that while the firm did win my company of the week, it's not a recommendation or, or any advice to invest in the Aspen Regis or St. Regis security token. You do need to do your own research there. But I really like what they're doing with, with pushing out more information for investors. Oh, I think that's a great choice, Kyle. It deserves to be highlighted, I think. Uh, you know, On episode 60, just a few weeks ago, we covered investor relations for security tokens. And this is you know, a best practice right here. This is exactly how it's done. Great uh, award here for, for Aspen Digital and, and what they're doing with the St. Regis. Definitely go check out that report. I'm sure you'll break that down for us later on the show. We'll have plenty of coverage of it. Don't worry. Well, with that, we can resume our usual scheduling, and you know that's where we're going to move into the news of, of last week. But before I jump into that, I do want to remind all of our listeners that you can find any of the articles that we discuss on the show at stomarket.com slash news. And they're also available for your reference in the about description of the podcast from whatever channel you're listening into. Or you can always go to the Security Token Show Medium blog, where we also chronicle all the articles that we talked about for each episode. And so with that, folks, I don't know if I've ever been this excited to share some news with you. It's just something that puts a big old grin on my face over here. I mean, I think everybody listening can pat themselves on the back because we're all visionaries here. And now the SEC chairman, Jay Clayton, has confirmed it. So from the horse's mouth directly in a webinar a few days ago, Jay Clayton said that potentially, quote, all stocks could become blockchain tokens bang that's it that's the money if that doesn't validate the future of security tokens then i don't know what will but i will try again with some news for that in a bit but to put in the full context the sec sec chair said quote all stock trading is now electronic compared to 20 years ago in the past there were stock certificates now there are digital entries and it may very well be the case that those all become tokenized he even shows a good understanding of where the industry is he goes on to say, quote, one of the problems that we had was we got off the wrong foot in this innovation. There was the theory that because it was so efficient, because it could have so much promise, we could toss aside some of these principles of responsibility and transparency. I think now, three years later, four years later, we are in a much better spot. <laughs> so, you know, if you need some help reading through the lines here, he's referring to the innovation, of course, as ICOs uh, and, uh, and, you know, the help that they of course, throughout the rule book of securities laws or principles of responsibility and transparency, as he calls it, right? So now he acknowledges that distributed ledger technology and security tokens are clearly seeing adoption in the market and proving that it is indeed the future. And if that doesn't get you excited about SEC Chair Clayton right now, maybe this will. He went on to say that SEC is open to ETFs, that's exchange-traded funds, that are tokenized and said, quote, we're willing to try that. Our door is wide open. If you want to show, if you want to show how to tokenize the ETF product in a way that adds efficiency, we want to meet with you. We want to facilitate that. The SEC recognizes the future of security tokens, everybody. It isn't more clear than this. Crypto, on the other hand, they have nothing to say but to follow the rules, right? So many of you listening might be saying, we knew this all along, but it is critical that regulators are on board. And this is the closest thing to them saying they are ever, you know, this close. So this is really, really big. I mean, this is straight from the top. 
I just have a huge smile on my mouth. That This is really, really exciting. We've spent so long trying to further the conversations here, defining these assets and trying to figure out how to make this work collaboratively with the traditional system and the regulators. And to, to get this level of validation here from Jay Clayton, when we already know that another one of the, the chairs of the SEC, Hester Pierce, is very supportive of blockchain and crypto native assets. Now there's two, and specifically the leader, um, are, are both very outspoken about this innovation. It's, it's a huge positive sign uh, for 2021, I think, for sure. Super, super positive. And the SEC's been busy. You know, they, in fact, also settled with Salt Lending for its illegal $47 million ICO. That, of course, was illegal because it violated securities laws. And the settlement, you ask? Well, Salt has to pay a $250,000 fine and not admit default. And, uh, of course, they do have to offer a full refund for those who want to claim it. But this is nothing new here, really. You know, it just proves that anyone who did an ICO and violated securities laws is at risk of the SEC coming after them. And that's actually even reinforced more because Canadian messenger app company Kick just ran into the same issue. They violated securities laws for their $50 million ICO, according to the SEC, and both had a heated court battle, which now a judge has ruled on. And guess what? The SEC won, of course. And with Kick officially violating securities laws in the U.S. with its ICO... It's a little bit like beating a dead horse, Kyle, but this is important because there's a court ruling, which means this will set precedence for other cases in the future and, of course, reinforces the SEC's narrative. And major progress over in Estonia, where LLCs, those are limited liability corporations, are a private entity ownership structure for a business, and they can now be tokenized. So similar to Switzerland passing a law that allows for ownership interests and securities to be tracked on a distributed ledger instead of just via stock certificates or electronic shares, similarly, Estonian LLC shares can now be transferred via the blockchain and will have full legal protections. This means Estonia could become a hotbed for issuing security tokens and trading security tokens as Estonia looks to continue to establish itself as a leading country in the blockchain sector. And moving on to company announcements, last week we saw Start Engine share news on their secondary marketplace, which they have hinted at launching in the past. The big news in this interview article with CEO Howard Marks is that the company has its ATS and it fully intends to launch the platform soon with the first product being Start Engine shares from one of the previous fundraisings that the company did for itself on its own platform. And this is a big deal because the SEC approving Start Engine as a portal and also a broker with an ATS means they are in full support of creating liquid markets for private securities. However, no mention of whether these tokens could trade outside of their marketplace via, say, a token, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. But Start Engine also having a transfer agent and also hinting at security tokens in the past definitely could be a very big competitor in the space soon. And well, we've also got an announcement for you directly from the team at Polymath, and it's some pretty big news. The company is announcing a custody partnership with Coinbase Custody for its ERC-1400 tokens. That's the security token protocol developed by Polymath. That means Polymath issuers, you know, anyone who's issued an ERC-1400 token really can be supported now by Coinbase Custody, which I think is pretty major news. Also, because before this announcement, only Securitize issued BCAP and SPICE were supported by Coinbase Custody as security tokens. So this is a sign that the custody provider is expanding security token support and also potentially hinting at more to come from the exchange. Who knows? But congratulations to Polymath for being selected by Coinbase as the second you know, outside security token provider there. 
And finally, Stratus is launching a blockchain upgrade and replacing its Strat tokens with Strax tokens. That's an X instead of a T at the end there. And it's a new blockchain infrastructure upgrade and it's said to be focused specifically on DeFi. And Strax tokens will be used as a currency-like option to participate in ICOs and STOs and DeFi applications on the Stratus blockchain. It's a timely upgrade, it seems. Hopefully, security tokens do remain at the forefront of their blockchain as well, though. And moving on to our resources and opinion section, we have some major reports to share with you, starting off with the DTCC, that's the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, which was my company of the week in episode 44 for running two different studies, Project Ion and Whitney, which focused on public and private markets respectively for blockchain applications. And now they've released a white paper titled From Physical to Digital, Advancing the Dematerialization of US Securities. And you guessed it, it's got some doozies in there. Specifically, the DTCC reports starts off by saying, quote, there has been a long-standing movement to achieve full dematerialization in the US financial markets and to finally transition away from physical certificates to electronic records. In fact, those outside of the immediate industry might not realize that while firms today are investing hundreds of millions of dollars into modernizing processing systems, enhancing electronic trading technology to shave milliseconds from trades, and exploring cutting-edge fintech innovations like distributed ledger technology and digital and tokenized securities. Physical securities processing still exists though, they note. So, you know, the DTC acknowledges that the digital future looks like, you know, very real and the report really just abstractly describes how they plan to play their role, still very centralized and slow to adopt, but aware as one would expect of this behemoth, which clears more than two quadrillion dollars worth of securities a year, folks. That's equities, bonds, derivatives from all around the world. Still, the key though here is that they are aware of it. And uh, you know, if the DTCC or the SEC not telling you security tokens are the way of the future, perhaps you'll listen to the Risk Management Association. I mean, you've probably never heard of them, but the RMA is a not-for-profit, member-driven professional association serving the financial services industry. And according to its website, its sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. And now the Financial Technology and Automation Committee of the RMA has announced the publication of a thought leadership paper titled The New Normal Digital Asset Corporate Actions, where they cover emerging technologies that help transform securities, lending's end-to-end workflow, including a case study on Overstock.com's digital dividend. And interesting, by, by the way, the report found Quote, 54% of agent lenders who owned Overstock.com shares decided to recall outstanding loans and restrict lending, said Fran Garrett, RMA's director of credit risk. And clearly, uh, he goes on to say, clearly Overstock.com's recent digital dividend alerted the securities lending industry of the need for an infrastructure that is properly prepared for innovations and emerging technologies. AKA wake up securities lending industry. Blockchain is coming at you whether you like it or not. Love it, RMA. Great report. You can access it via their press release uh, and their links there. What a great news section. This, this Love week. it. Wow. And also, if you're an active player or a participant in the industry, go nominate STOs and service providers for the TADS Awards, which is dubbed as the world's first annual international awards for tokenized assets and digitized securities, or TADS. It's based out of Hong Kong, two types of categories, STO issuers across fixed income, 
equities, real estate, debt, and environmental. And service providers is the other one across custody, issuance, exchange, compliance, and asset management. So that's TADS, T-A-D-S, awards.org if you want to go nominate. And last but not least, I do want to give a quick shout out to media site Blockdesk, that's B-L-O-C-D-E-S-K.com, for beginning to cover the security token industry, you know, kicking it off with an interview with yours truly, where I talk about the state of STOs and my predictions for the industry. Must check that one out. It's really, really good. And that's all I have for you this week, folks. Hope you enjoyed that scoop, Kyle. Uh, you know, what do you got for us industry events-wise? All right, let's talk about some industry events. We have two this week that we want to cover. Um, and so the LA Blockchain Summit is back, hosted by Draper Gornholm. These events have been a staple in the blockchain industry for a few years now. And so this year, it's all online, but I'm sure the quality will still be high. So there's a ton of panels ranging from Bitcoin to DeFi to security tokens. So it's going to be a two-day event on October 6th and 7th. They have a ton of panelists this year. So definitely check that out. You're going to find something that interests you. Then we have this year's Core Summit, which is hosted by Core Connects, and it's this week. So the theme of the event will be around the Reg A Plus exemption with an event titled 2020, the year companies are raising capital from everyone. It includes panels with Rialto Markets, North Capital, SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce, and many more who will be speaking at the event. So tune in October 7th as well from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Again, they've got a lot of panels, and you can check out anything that, uh, that you like there. Finally, we have an event, Why Security Token Offerings? Three examples, and it dives into Cosimo, INX, and OneCycle. And so this is actually a panel with a couple of big names in the industry. We have Christian, Christian Platzer, who is from Black Manta Capital. We've covered them before, and we actually maybe have some news about them later. Connor Cantwell from uh, Cosimo Ventures himself. We have Douglas Borthwick, who's from INX. Mark Stacy from OneCycle, and Masha and Zenia, I'm not going to, who are co-hosts of Value Tokenize, the podcast. I kind of butchered that, my bad. But that's Thursday, October 8th at 5 p.m. CEST, that's Berlin time. So you're definitely going to want to check that out or, or check the time for, for when that fits your time zone. And the duration is going to be about an hour and then a Q&A afterwards. They're going to be covering what are or why security token offerings and then looking at a couple examples, INX being the exchange we covered, Cosimo's a, a fund, and one cycle we're going to get to in just a little bit. So moving into the STO updates, the first one is we're going to bring it kind of back full circle to that St. Regis Aspen Resort performance update. So this was covering the August 2020 edition. They really wanted to dig into how the, the firm was performing in August, specifically how the hotel, the St. Regis in Aspen and how that was performing. So I awarded Aspen Digital my company of the week. And we cover the different efforts that the firm is taking to provide transparency to the underlying asset of the ASPD security token. So let's break down this August update and see how the company's looking. The document kicks off with an overview of the current demand for Aspen properties, which the firm suggests is still very high despite Corona, as many are choosing to work from a more exotic location now that physical location is not a priority for many companies during the pandemic leading to higher occupancy rates in Aspen for both full-time residential as well as shorter-term guests looking for a vacation. The firm noted in an increasing occupancy rate, growing from 69% this month from just 27% a month earlier. So they've clearly rebounded pretty strongly. 
On top of that, the firm closed out August with a total revenue of $3.5 million, which was significantly higher than their forecasted $2.1 million, but still about a quarter, 26% inferior to the $4.8 million achieved in August last year. So it seems like a decent return, all things considered, but I think that that maybe helps in terms of, of showing the, the depression that they're feeling right now. Finally, the firm reported its net, its net cash flow for the month of August was $1.5 million, a 1.7 million improvement from the negative 0.2 million loss that they forecasted. And what I thought was actually most impressive is that their net cash figure in August of 2020 is actually at the same level as the one that they had in August 2019. So this company is still pretty healthy despite the waning interest and demand. All in all, the numbers look pretty good. I'm certainly no real estate expert. And again, it's not investment advice or financial advice, but I'm happy to see that the hotel is hanging in there. I certainly expected to see the sector get hammered, specifically in hospitality because of Corona, but it's great to see that St. Regis seems to be persevering despite all of those difficulties. So check out the link in the description of wherever you're listening to get a full picture and breaking down the financial data. They've got a full table that really dives into a lot more and you can check that out if you're interested. Moving on, we have OneCycle, and OneCycle is the newest security token offering from Black Manta Capital. This security token is a debt offering, raising money to launch a mineral collection process, where they're literally going to be screening the ocean to collect dissolved magnesium from the water, which they can sell in traditional commodities markets. So the firm has identified magnesium as it's not, it's, it's not eco-friendly to harvest through traditional mining methods, but the ocean contains high concentrations of the mineral. Each Magno token is backed by 10 grams of magnesium oxide that one cycle produces, which is worth approximately $9, according to the offering documents for that, that weight. The firm is looking to raise 7 million British pounds for the excursion and is selling each token for around $1.07 based on my calculations. So the idea here is that you're going to buy into this offering now and then in five years in 2025 when the debt offering matures, you would get your 10 grams value of magnesium, which is around nine bucks. You're almost putting in a buck now for nine later, provided that they can make this happen. The team has partnered with Archax, so you should expect the token to be listed on secondary markets in the future. And the fundraise is only for EU investors. So they're investing through the end of 2020. If you're in Europe, you can definitely participate. Go onto Black Manta's site to get more information on this process, on the company, and see if it's right for you. We also have First Shot which is an offering of an interest-bearing digital security for the financing of acquisitions and repurposing of empty and undervalued big box retail properties located in the US. So this company is focusing on a lot of those, those large rental retail properties in the US that are seeming to go out of business recently, especially with, with e-commerce really on the rise. And so the firm is looking to raise up to 100 million in this first offering with I think three more offerings as well, potentially raising up to 400 million to repurpose and manage malls and other large stores throughout the U.S., raising through a Reg D to accredited U.S. investors to make it happen. There wasn't any more information regarding the structuring of the terms of the deal, but it definitely seems that the, I think according to the press release, the firm has contracted multiple investment partners and brokers to help syndicate the deal. So it seems like this one is definitely going to be a very private investor focused deal because of the, the nature of this business, but it's one to keep an eye on moving forward because they are going to be using a security token. 
And our final new security token offering this week, European issuance platform Tokeny has announced its first foray into the real estate sector, tokenizing the first real estate fund based out of Luxembourg in collaboration with WeInvest Capital Partners. WeInvest has had success in the real estate sector in the past, financing a property in Miami Beach, a buyout of Belleville Plaza in Luxembourg, and facilitating other real estate deals in France. According to the press release, the fund is focusing on diversification and will finance projects in North America and Europe, including a variety of high-end project types ranging from villas and chalets to larger real estate complexes. So if you're interested in real estate, interested in, in, in a fund, looking to buy into a bunch of different properties, maybe check them out. And moving on into the market update, we started off with the security token market report for September. So in every month, as you may know, if you're a returning listener, security token market compiles a full market report of all of the live trading assets. And so this month in September is no different where security token markets bring another detailed trading report covering all of the assets around the world from U.S. venture funds and real estate to international equities. I've got some interesting stats to share from the report regarding the market over the last month, but you can definitely read more about it on, on the Medium blog. So let's dig right into it. So the total security token market cap at the end of September was $528 million, which was a 3.8% monthly growth. So it, right. we are still growing. The total September trading volume, however, it was a significant decline, cutting in, in over half, down 58% to about 9 million over the month from 28 total tokens tracked. So our volume's down, but definitely I think we saw a huge surge there um, during the DeFi and when everybody's getting really, really excited. And now that volume is, is decreasing just a little bit. Moving into the marketplace breakdown, it's it's T0 at the top with a $440, $446 million market cap and about $9 million of the volume, um, which again, as you may be listening, there's only about 100000 else to go around. So T0 has most of the market cap and almost all of the volume. Open Finance has a market cap right around $36 million, but a very, very small volume at only $4,400 traded this month. And then Merge Exchange comes in as our third exchange that in, in third place. They are new. And so certainly the exchange is not new, but it's new to our market report. And so Merge has three different tokens that we're going to cover later. They've got a $23 million market cap at the time. We haven't seen any volume, haven't been able to fully get that volume data yet. Then moving into the best performing and worst performing assets, let's start with the hot ones. And so the hot ones were all real estate this month. We had Fullerton Avenue, Leisure Street, and Appaline Street. Leisure was number one at 27.9% increase in equity. That's a real estate property, people, that was paying 28% in equity this month just because of the demand for these assets is so high. Fullerton and Appaline also followed along suit. They were both right around that 17, 18% mark. So that's just equity value, not counting the, the dividends that those properties pay, which would be another percent or two on top. So, and then on top of that, for the worst performing assets, we had Mount Pelerin, which was down about 10%. And then T0 and Overstock were down 2 and 1% respectively. So they didn't grow a whole lot. But as we can see, the market cap still, grow, still grew this month because of the strength of the real estate properties all issued by Realty. And then in the month of, of, of September, we also added a couple new security tokens, as I mentioned, from Merge. The first one was Merge's own equity, which represents equity in the exchange itself. MinerVest, which is an African fund focused on private equities. And then the Ustin property issued by Upretz, which, is a sh which is, represents shares in a residential apartment building in New York City. So a couple new real estate properties um, and, and then some other assets as well that are now live. 
And then finally, to close out the market segment, we're going to talk about what's happened over the past week. And so the total security token market caps up 3% this week, up from, from 520 million last week to about 540 million this week. It was a pretty calm week, though, despite that, with just a few slight percent changes here or there from T0 overstock to increase the market cap. But everything was kind of just, just right around that standby point. So not a whole lot to cover this week. Well, you love to see all that real estate success, Kyle. And then overall, following such a monster month for T-Zero and Overstock in August, it's not really surprising nor bad to have a somewhat stable month and last week of trading here that you just described. So now if this trend line does, you know, trend downwards and continues, then we'll have to see. We've seen that T-Zero now has multiple assets listed, so its own trading price shouldn't be solely correlated with Overstock, even though the Overstock token has now been trading equally with the NASDAQ counterpart. So really interesting, really good stuff as always, Kyle, and thank you for the research team for putting all that information together. Absolutely. You know, that's what the team and I live for. So with that, let's segue right into our main topic of the day, which is centered around Uniswap, the decentralized exchange, or DEX per its acronym, which uses an automated market-making system to power security token liquidity for Realty and Mount Pelerin. I think it would be great to break down exactly how the liquidity system works, as Uniswap has significantly grown in popularity in both the crypto scene and security token industries, leading to a rise in DEX usage compared to its traditional counterpart. Full disclosure, before we jump into anything though, I do own Uniswap tokens, but none of this is investment advice. I'm fascinated by this topic and I really can't wait to dive in it. In fact, an article came out last month, that, that last month in September, Uniswap's total trade volume exceeded that of Coinbase's by over $2 billion, to the full tune of some $15 billion in trades powered. So this has to be extremely scary to Coinbase now, as well as the rest of the industry as DEXs prove themselves to be a formidable alternative to centralized exchanges. So this topic is also a bit of a mystery for many, especially in the security token space as to all of it works. So hopefully this is helpful to you. And luckily, we've got the CEO of Security Token Market on the show here. He ought to know. So Kyle, can you break down this concept to our listeners, please? Absolutely. So as always, I think it's important to begin by clarifying our definitions. Coinbase is a centralized cryptocurrency exchange, and its business model is similar in structure to a licensed ATS or exchange in the traditional markets. Usually, these centralized firms charge a listing fee to each issuer on top of fees on each transaction, while offering custody services in order to provide liquidity to new customers. Centralized exchanges can get away with charging large transaction and listing fees because traditionally there was no other way to get real liquidity for your assets. Oh, yeah, no. Uniswap being a DeFi solution aims to upend this traditional model and investors are clearly flocking to it, Kyle. So what does Uniswap do differently as a decentralized exchange? So Uniswap takes advantage of a blockchain mechanism known as atomic swaps that we've covered in episode 41. Due to the standardization of assets that we see with tokenization, where any real-world asset can be easily assigned to a blockchain-native asset, you can easily swap these tokens by leveraging smart contracts. Smart contracts act as computer code that can automate the process of exchange that we traditionally only trusted our largest financial institutions to manage in the past. In this way, the trading technology can be iterated upon by companies like AirSwap, EtherDelta, and now most popularly, Uniswap, to offer trading services that can be trusted and take very little fees when compared to the traditional centralized counterparts. However, the innovation from Uniswap 
comes from their decentralized solution to liquidity. Right, and with traditional, you know, established exchanges, market making is a significant competitive advantage, right? And as we've discussed in the past, liquidity is something that you need to build over time. So just because an investor can trade an asset doesn't mean that they will. And as we've seen with many liquid crypto exchanges or even in the security token market, providing just a platform for trading doesn't always prove enough to attract investors to that platform. And many exchanges see very little activity as a result and have a hard time building this ecosystem. Absolutely. So to incentivize that market making on its platform, Uniswap created a staking model to distribute fees directly to users who deposited funds within the protocol. Essentially, instead of taking those transaction fees and keeping them for the company, the fees were redirected to the stakers. It was structured so that for each trading pair, a liquidity pool would be created that receives 0.3% of every trade. In this way, an investor that is holding for the long term can take the asset they own, stake it in the protocol, contribute to the market for the very asset they invested in, and earn interest on the asset in the form of transaction fees. Just like in a mining pool, you get the proportion of the fees relative to the size of the pool staked assets. So if you contribute to 50% of the pool, you'd be entitled to 50% of the profits. Uniswap distributes all the exchange transaction fees to those who staked their assets in the protocol. Uniswap doesn't profit off the transaction in any way, which is a very different model than what we see in the traditional sector, where the transaction fees are the core of the business model. The polar opposite, and, and we're seeing how popular this new model can be. It incentivizes longer-term holding, and you know, creates buy pressure for the assets on the exchange, and it provides swift order matching by leveraging the immediate settlement of securities on chain using those atomic swaps to remove that counterparty risk. So, you know, the far as far as I see, the only risk you know for liquidity providers, which you know they do not have control over the ratio of the two assets you insert into the protocol, right? So when you stake in the protocol, you need to put an equal dollar value for the two assets. So while you'll never really lose the absolute value in dollar terms, you do risk capping your upside if the market value of the asset appreciates while you're stuck with the cash. So to sum it up, Uniswap's great innovation is in incentivizing liquidity so that any investor can stake their assets earn interest on their contribution and power the network so that others can easily buy and sell without encouraging slippage or liquidity crunches. Investors also seem to prefer this model because the fees are consistent and digestible as Uniswap itself doesn't take any fees for the trade, but also because Uniswap's model is focused around being asset agnostic. Uniswap can list any Ethereum-based token in a matter of hours for free, giving it an edge against centralized exchanges that have an application and listing process resulting in significant friction and a lengthy onboarding process. In 2019, Uniswap became the de facto platform to trade Ethereum-based tokens as they were all immediately eligible. But now we're seeing the true power of automating financial services as these trustless atomic swaps allow for cheaper trades and innovative ways to exchange assets. Regardless of where you stand in the debate between centralization and decentralization, decentralization in terms of the exchange process, Uniswap has revolutionized the idea of market making and has certainly enabled a much more accessible market making strategy for issuers when compared to the expensive brokers and market makers in the traditional sector. No doubt about it, the proof is in the pudding. Coinbase may be having a run for their money there. 
And with that, Kyle, I think we have given our listeners plenty of topics to digest and think about here. And that means it's time to wrap up our show today. So check out stomarket.com slash news for any of the links that we covered today on the show. And please reach out to us on Twitter or LinkedIn for any questions or feedback to us. Otherwise, check out our YouTube channel for the clips of each main topic there as you know, each individual episodes. And of course, tune in next week on Tuesday for episode 65. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week.